Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Well, we've been talking all about climate emergencies around the world and how some islands have been sinking, how people are now finally paying more attention to ESG issues, which of course includes environmental concerns. And the climate emergency, in spite of all of this raised consciousness, still prevails. Climate change, of course, can no longer be dismissed as a remote threat. Not anymore. Not anymore, considering that in the news today, if you recall, Bharat, uh, in India, they are suffering uh, through a heat wave and it's not even summertime yet. So they're mm. seeing temperatures of upwards of 45 degrees and it's only, what now, April going into May. Uh, and the prime minister there is saying the weather is heating up faster than previous uh, in previous decades. So this is well, an emergency indeed. Mm, and a recent report by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change actually stressed the need to mitigate the level of human activity that negatively impacts the environment. Of course, this includes better management of both water and energy as well. Challenging, but as the world faces unavoidable climate hazard over the next two decades, or maybe even less, Asia is expected to face severe droughts and an increase in energy demand for cooling solutions. So here we go. How can businesses effectively and efficiently manage water and energy use to address the rising concerns over climate change? Let's find out more from Janda Campos, Group Director of the Sustainability Engagement Arm of Grandfoss. Thanks for joining us on the line this evening. Well, thank you very much, uh, both of you. Really a pleasure to be here with you. Now, first and of all, really, and sorry, go ahead. First of all, Janda, let's talk about this relationship between water and climate change. I think a lot of us know there is a connection here, but how intricate is this relationship, really? It's actually so intricate that you cannot pull them apart, and there are two reasons. One is because all the consequences of climate change actually are shown as well in water challenges for the world. So if the world heats up, we are going to be seeing more drought, but at the same also more flood. So it's going to be more water in places where there should be no water, and there's going to be lack of water in places where we would like to have water. So there is a consequence of the climate change on water. The second and just as important thing is that every time we are actually moving water across and we have to move water for people to get access to water, that also is energy consuming. So, and we, you know, as the world grows, the demand for water is also going to grow, especially in a climate change situation. So we needed to do as efficient as possible so that actually it doesn't even, again, goes into a bad circle where we use too much energy to move water and then get more climate change. So on both sides of the equation, water and energy are really linked together. So agenda in, in that case, then how should we be managing uh, the use yeah. of water more efficiently? Well, uh, the first thing, of course, is that, you know, there, in the value chain of water, we have to start using less. Uh, that's the first thing. So how can we make sure that the water we withdraw from the system is as little as, as possible? And then, of course, but all through the systems, so, so when we go to, when we have using it, let's make it more efficient. Let's clean the water once again. Let's reuse the water. Let's make sure that we actually, when we are, the water is coming back to our systems as clean as possible. 
So it's about making sure that the water we withdraw, for example, you know, the pipes we have in the cities, they have leaked. Mm. And that is water that has already been treated. So if we can, you know, reduce the amount of leakage, if we can actually improve the pressure we send the water to the pipes, making sure that they don't get, you know, even worse, then we reduce the amount of water which is actually lost in the system. And that is also beneficial for the, for both energy reasons and for water reasons. But in order to fix the in order to fix the leaky pipes, you've got to put money into it, and not all countries have the money to refurbish such infrastructure. That's completely true, and that is a challenge. And I think that what we are seeing now is both you know people going into partnerships and looking to what is the beneficial part of it. Because sometimes with the amount of water you save or the energy you save, you can actually pay for you know the investment you have to make. So there are some, for example, uh, services agreements or partnerships that can be made. So you ensure that you know the, the, the savings you get from putting less water into the system or the energy which we're not going to put into either pumping or warming the water, um, if it's going to get lost anyway, that can actually pay. It's not always like that, but it's actually many cases like that. And that's something that can be done in partnerships. And I know that uh, the World Bank looks a lot into it. There are some alternatives that people are looking into it. Secondly, with both energy getting more expensive and water getting expensive, at a third point in time, there will be also a necessity to say we'll have to invest otherwise the cost is going to be much higher. We're speaking to Jada Campos, Group Director, Sustainable Sustainability Engagement at Grand Falls. Let's uh, focus in on Singapore agenda. The yeah. um, Singapore, of course, is well it's described as a water-stressed country. Um, We are blessed with water, but we are also using and reusing water, like like new water. So what are some other methods you think that uh, Singapore can explore to manage its water better or, well, have a more sustainable water source? Yeah, well, Singapore is a brilliant example of actually a country which is doing a lot in terms of reusing water initiatives. So you have the new water where you actually are... I would say, you know, the way you filter the water and can reuse is amazing. But mm-hmm. you could, of course, look into other areas because water is also used in cooling, for example. And that is a usually an overlooked area of how you can actually improve in your water management. And, and cooling, you know, it's crucial. Also, when you're also talking about the world getting hotter, people also need cooling. And how can we reduce the amount of water in the cooling system? There's a lot of losses there mm-hmm. and also the energy. Another area which is super important to look into is actually integrating circularity and digital solutions to make that better. So how can we monitor the water which is used? So, you know, design processes that, that, are, that ensure that the water is reused at the right times and so forth. And circularity is also about thinking about the whole way, the, all the processes so that, you know, the water you take is the water you reuse. And then it could actually ideally, you know, that we are part of a coalition called the 50 liter home. Ideally, you could actually have in a home only 50 liters of water and that would recirculate. We are working together with the World Economic Forum on those developments and that innovation needs to be taken. We need to start thinking much further on how we are going to be saving water in the future. And 
that can be done also in Singapore. Janda, the thing is, I've heard a lot of experts say that one of the biggest problems here is that water all around the world is underpriced. The price of water, in fact, should be raised. What's your perspective on this? Water is heavily subsidized, and that is a challenge. We are not paying necessarily for the full price of it. And this is why Um, people squander it, right? Oh, I would not be an expert on that area, and I think that. But what I can say is that it is a challenge we as uh, global citizens and citizens all over the world will need to tackle, uh, and we'll need to look into it, because it is a challenge, and I agree with you on that. How can businesses in particular, though, effectively manage water and energy use in general to address some of these concerns? How can they be, first of all, moved to address them, and then actually get on the bandwagon to do it more effectively? Well, I think that, for example, one of the things that we do and we do with our own is actually making a check, a service check of all your systems and pumps and water processes and ensuring that you are using the most innovative uh, you know, technology. And again, as I said, usually sometimes by doing those checks and efficiency services, you can see that the savings actually, uh, the cost is, is covered by the savings you have. Uh, secondly, again, is to be aware that, you know, it, the, the cost, the savings of the, when you reduce your water usage, you usually will also reduce your energy consumption. Mm. So that's another way of looking into it. On a more general level, of course, companies also need to, to, to look into, you know, what, what are the basins and what are the risks where their business are and how they are contributing or positively impacting the water area where they are active in. Well said. Thank you very much, uh, Janda. Janda Campos is Group Director at Grundfos, talking to us about sustainability in water. You're listening to Prime Time here on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at MoneyFM 893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.